This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Alright, so we will continue on the teachings that has already came forth um, around the topic of our premarital class. And so, this is my session now, and, and again, I, I tell you, the sessions that came before for me were outstanding. We heard from Minister Stinson around the marriage covenant, and the purpose of marriage, and to show forth God's love and to raise a godly seed. And, and again, we heard from uh, Minister Hill around dating on purpose, dealing with biblical dating, kingdom relationships, dating versus courting. And so I'm, I'm going to say this, you know, make sure you go back and hear those messages again. You know, I'm tell you, I went back and listened to uh, the message, and I tell you, it's, it's amazing what you'll get hearing it over and over again versus just hearing it live, right? And it's good to hear it live. You need to hear it live. But go back. Hear some things. You know, let it sink in exactly what God is saying to you in this time because these classes are so important. You know, everybody wants to, to talk about marriage after they get married, right? But before marriage, they think they got it all figured out. It's amazing. But once you get married, all of a sudden they, they realize, you know, I didn't know half the stuff I thought I knew. Right. And so this is the time to get the information now in the premarital setting. Right. Before you get married. This will help you and guide you. Right. This is our premarital class. All right. And so for my section of premarital class, I'm going to deal with, you know, this three letter word that, of course, a lot of you all love to do. It's called sex. Right? So, you know, we're going to talk about sex. So get ready. Right? Sex is not a bad thing. Right? So don't have to cover up your children's ears. We're going to talk about sex. And, and they hear about sex all the time anyway. Any little program they watch, any little thing they're live streaming, sex is always in the forefront or in the background. It's always subliminal messages around sex. So we're going to talk about sex. Right? But for, for, for the actual title for this message, it's going to be Intimacy and the Devastation of Illicit Sex. Intimacy and the Devastation of Illicit Sex. That's going to be my portion of teaching. So as for an opening statement, in our American culture and today's society, sexual relations outside of marriage covenant is accepted for dating and courting. And again, I'll say that in American society, in American culture that we live in, having sex outside of marriage is accepted when you're dating and when you're courting. But this is not the standard of God. So that means as believers, not only must we maintain God's standard, but in our hearts we must agree and hold to the truth. That sex outside of marriage is not only wrong in God's eyes, but it's also wrong for us. And I think to me that is the key statement for many of us when it comes to sex outside of marriage. Many, many of us that are, uh, that are in that, that state of, of unmarried, right, that premarital state. If you don't think sex outside of marriage is wrong for you, you will do it. Even though you may say, I'm a believer and I love the Lord God, but it has to be your standard. That sex outside of marriage covenant is wrong. It's wrong for you. See, sex outside of marriage is sin. I'll say that again. Sex 
outside of marriage is sin. Now, in the Christian community, and I'm no Christian, some Christians don't consider it as sin. Again, I mentioned American society, our American culture, but we have Christians in Christian community don't think that sex outside of marriage is sin. Matter of fact, it's so common that it's even expected in the Christian community when you're dating in court to have sex. That's the expectation. I have a boyfriend. I have a girlfriend. Uh, you know, again, you heard things in Minister Hill going from the dating stage to the courting stage. You know, now, hey, courting, I know we can have sex. It's okay. Because, you know, we're heading towards marriage. That's Christians' beliefs. That's the standard they have. It's expected. But again, understand, this is not God's standard. It is not. The standard of God is clear. Right? Sex is only allowed within the confines of the marriage covenant. Right? That means if you're not married, you should not be having sex. Period. But we love each other. But we consent to it. We, we're adults. I can do my own thing. This is my body. I mean, we're going to address all those things in this teaching. Matter of fact, here's the questions that we're going to answer in this teaching. First of all, what is intimacy? We're going to look at intimacy. The next question we're going to address. In dating and courting, why can't we have sex? In dating and in courting, why can't we have sex? The next question we're going to address is, what is God's standard pertaining to sexual relationships? Because some people may not understand, I may not know, what is actually God's standard? I've heard this, I hear you saying this sin, but you've got to show it to me. What is the standard of God when it comes to sex? And then we're going to talk about what is the devastation of illicit sex. The devastation of illicit sex. Alright, so let's start with the first question we're going to deal with. Is what is intimacy? Right? And let me say this up front. Intimacy is not sex. Catch that. Intimacy is not sex. That's why a lot of you are confused now. Well, I don't want to be intimate with somebody. And you, and you use this term, I'm going to be intimate with you. And, then, and, you, and that person might think you want to have sex. No, intimacy is not sex. They're not inter interchangeable terms. Now, being intimate will lead to sex, or can lead to sex, but it's not sex. Here's the thing, you, you may not even catch this right. You can have sex without being intimate. I know got some of you on that, right? Yeah, you, you whoremonger, right? You harlot, just having sex, and there's nothing intimate about it at all. You know, the animalistic nature you have. Alright, so what is intimacy? Intimacy is sharing or expressing in words what is in your heart. That is private and personal. It is exposing of your heart. So when I am being intimate, that means I am sharing. I am expressing in words. It's in my conversation. What's in my heart. Those things that are private, those things that are personal, I'm exposing my heart. That is being intimate. So, because in, in your heart are your hurts, are your pains, are your desires. In your heart are your issues. 
That's where they resided. They're in your heart. And so when I expose these hurts, when I expose these, these pains, when I expose the desires, when I expose my issues, I'm being intimate. Look at this in Proverbs chapter 4. Turn me in the book of Proverbs chapter 4. Starting at verse number 20. Proverbs 4 and 20. Again, we're looking at what is intimacy. Proverbs 4 and 20 reads, My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. What I need to keep keep in the midst of my heart? The words of the Lord. The words of God. He said, my son, right? The, the instruction of your parents. He said, keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. For out of what is the it? Out of the, your heart. So that means out of your heart are the issues of life. How you deal with issues. How you address issues. The issues that you have... It's in your heart. I'm going to tell you, it's, it's a hard issue. All the issues that you have in life, it starts in your heart. It's, con- it's contained in your heart. The pains, the hurts, the drama, it starts right there. It's in your heart. And when you share those issues with someone, when you communicate those issues with someone, that's called intimacy. See, I'm going to show you, expose you my heart. Now we're being intimate. Right? And so intimacy is developed over time. The more time you spend exposing your heart, the more intimate you will become. So that means you are having intimate conversations. You are exposing your heart to someone else. The more time you spend doing it, the more intimate you will become. And then that level of intimacy, again, we're talking about in dating and courting, that level of intimacy will lead to sexual intercourse. Because you've been intimate with that person. You have shared, you expose your heart to them. And that's going to lead you down a path of sexual intercourse. That means your choice of words when you're communicating and dating is powerful. Impactful. You better be very careful the words you use when you're communicating and dating. Right, you know, because I'm, I'm gonna tell you, it's it's so amazing the, the the day and age we are in. We we throw words around like it's nothing, right? Like like the words we throw around in dating and, and in courting are "I love you." That statement right there is impactful to the person that hears it. It's impactful now because you know, guys say, "Well, you know, they'll say it to a girl, knowing that, that it's going to touch their emotions, it's going to touch them in, in their heart." But the, but I'm gonna tell you, so when a girl says it to the guys the same thing, it touches the guy's heart. It does something to them. It's, it, 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 it has impact. So you've got to be very careful of the words you use when it comes to dating and courting. Because again, now you're being intimate. Now I'm exposing to you my heart. I'm exposing to you my desires. I love you. So that means your words will invoke someone's imaginations. Get this. Your words will invoke someone's imagination. And once their imaginations are, are, are invoked, that will lead to fantasies. And then once they have their fantasies, the fantasies will lead to appealing to their lust. All by the words that you said. See, your words can paint a picture. 
It's amazing how, how you can you can say again when you say I, when a guy in dating tells a girl or in dating according when a guy tells a girl that she he loves them, all of a sudden they see wedding bells, they see children, you know they they see a big house and a and a car and they, they see the whole you know American dream, and all he says was I love you, right? And then same thing when they're going to hey. When a, when a girl tells a guy, oh, I love you, that guy's like, oh, yes, this, this she is mine. The guy like, oh, I feel like now I'm, I'm ready, I'm secure, I'm ready to take on the world. Because this woman here is behind my side. She loves me. Painted a whole picture. I mean, you already laid out your whole life based on that words that somebody said to you. See, it appealed to your imagination. Your imagination is running wild. And then we all have our fantasies in our mind. And those fantasies will, will appeal to your lust. So choose your words carefully in dating and in courting. Because again, the words you're choosing, you're coming out of your heart. You're exposing your heart. That's your intimacy. Now, let's look at this. I made these statements about invoking someone's imagination, right? Leading to your fantasies, appealing to your lust. Let's look at this how... These words can be used to invoke these things. We're still in Proverbs. Turn to Proverbs chapter 6. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 6. I'm telling you, your words have impact. That's why you shouldn't just throw around those words. And again, when I say these words have impact, you know, you can, you can text these words and have the same impact. You know, it's nothing like hearing it. But you know, this is a whole other generation we're in now, right? It, yeah, you put that love word in, in, a, in a text message, it has the same impact. In an email, right? Or how with social media you, you communicate. It has impact. Proverbs chapter 6, starting at verse number 20. It says, My son, keep thy father's commandment, and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thy heart, and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. When thou wakest, it shall talk with thee. Oh, I love this passage of Scripture. Right? So it tells you exactly what, what you should keep close to you. Right? The instruction, the commandments of your parents. It says, bind them continually upon thy heart. Tie them upon thy neck. And here's the thing. I, I tell you, you know, again, we're talking about dating and courting, but it always amazes me how... The, the person that you are dating and courting, their words have more impact to you than your parents. In other words, your parents, you, you can't even hold on to their instructions. You can't hold on to, to the words they give you. But let somebody you dating and courting tell you again that they love you. Or tell you again that they, they want to be with you. Tell you again that they come against God's standard. Then all of a sudden that becomes law to you. Not the law of your mother you, had for, you have kept in your heart. Now you, you kept the law of somebody that you're dating in your heart. That becomes law to you. I mean, if you want to be by law, that means you abide by that. It's amazing the influence, the impact that somebody you're dating or courting has compared to your parents who've been knowing you all your life. See, these things, these things have been talked about in the previous sessions. Go back and hear these things, how powerful it is, right? How we need to do life with those in the local church, Right? How you need to buy by your parents. You know, those even you grown, people that think they're grown out there, right? You grown adults. Think you think your parents have no counsel for you. They have counsel for you. 
But you want to hear their instructions because you've grown. But when it comes to dating and courting, you better adhere to your parents' instructions. You young adults, you grown adults, you're paying your bills. Hear your parents' instructions. Alright, again, it says, verse 22, When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. When thou wakest, it shall talk with thee. I mean, it's hard to get past these things. When you wake up in the morning, are you thinking about your parents to counsel? When you go throughout the day, are, are you thinking about the counsel you got from your parents? Is, is your parents' counsel keeping you? And again, your parents are only giving you God's wisdom, God's counsel. Is that keeping you throughout your day? When you lay it down, when you walk around, I mean, is your parents' counsel of the Lord keeping you? That tells you a lot. When we talk about getting into the sexual relationships, right? Because I'm telling you, your parents are already, your parents been where you haven't been. That person that you're dating, that person that you're courting, you can tell your parents all you want. You know, you know here's the thing that, that I, I always amazes me when, when you have people that are in a dating or courting relationship. The first thing they always say, we ain't doing nothing. We're not doing nothing. And they tell that to their parents. Oh, we're not doing anything. Now, if you just say you're not doing anything, that means you're doing something because you all, that's what you've been thinking about. And what you've been thinking about, you've been acting on. You don't hear married folks talking about we ain't doing nothing. But those in dating are saying, oh, we ain't doing nothing. Ain't nothing going on. That's the influence. But are you hearing your parents' instruction? Because your parents can see, like, yeah, something about your relationship is not holy. Something about your community, something about your body language is just not righteous. And I'm going to give you counsel. Right? Did you take fire to your bosom? Because it smells like you're burning. There's some heat that's going on in you, and, and I know you, my son, you, my daughter. And I, you know what I'm saying? Your, your parents know when their children are in heat. And here come their counsel. But your counsel back to them as being grown, I'm not doing, we're not doing nothing. Dad, mom, it's not like that. What is it like? Because here's the thing. Flesh is flesh. When the flesh gets excited, it will respond. Understand that your flesh is not holy. (laughs) There's nothing holy about your flesh. That's what the Bible says. Put no confidence in your flesh. Matter of fact, the Bible says you need to crucify your flesh. You need to consider your, your, your flesh as dead. But you want us to trust you and your flesh. No. And then you're around somebody that you are attracted to. They're attracted to you. And then you're saying, no, I can keep it under. You are lying. You are engaged in, in sexual activity. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. Verse 22. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. When thou wakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. To keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of the strange woman. And so here it is. It talks about here in verse 24. It says, again, the things we mentioned before, the commandment is the lamp, the law is the light. I mean, these things should keep you and instruct you. It should keep you from the evil woman. And it should keep thee from the flattery of the tongue of the strange woman. Again, the, the point about 
your words have power and impact and influence, right? The flattery of, a, of the tongue of a strange woman, that strange woman is a woman that is involved in illicit sex. She knows how to flatter you. And again, I'm saying she, because it says she, uh, strange woman. But understand, the strange woman is not a gender. It, the strange woman can be a guy that knows how to speak the words that will touch your heart. You know, flattery. And again, you think about who don't like flattery, right? Who, who doesn't like compliments? Right? But it's a way you compliment each other in dating and courting that leads to a sexual tone. Right? It's amazing the words you use. It's flattery. You know, you're saying things to touch their heart. And it says that you need to keep your parents' instruction to keep you from the evil woman, from the strange woman. That means when they come with their flattery, you should already have something that can come against it. And that's the, that's your, the counsel you've gotten from your parents. You know, if, if a guy tells a girl how beautiful she looks, and there's nothing wrong with telling a girl how beautiful she looks, but you know how you're saying it. The, the girl should already know that she's beautiful. Why? Because her father's told her that. That means that, that, that girl, that daughter has already been validated by her parents. See, that means back to teaching around parents, right? You know, raising a godly seed. You know, going back to things we've learned around the purpose of the family. And all these messages tie in together. Your daughter should already be validated. If the first time she heard she's beautiful was by some guy she just met, and she's never heard that from her her father, then something's wrong with you fathers. You better make sure you tell your daughter how beautiful she is. Well, my daughter's okay. That's your daughter from your loins. You know, because you know you don't think you don't. You know how you think you look, and she came from your lawns, and she better be beautiful. You better tell your daughter how beautiful she is. You know, and here we go. You know, she's beautiful on the inside. No, she's beautiful on the outside too. Because the strange one, beautiful she is, on the outside. Tell her that'll keep her. So when some guy comes and try to. You know, you know, throw their spin, their little game. She'd be like, please, I, I, that's nothing. I know I'm beautiful. I, you so fine. I know I'm fine. Girl, you got a body that's ticking out. Whatever word they use today. She, she already knows she got a body that's, you know, that can stop traffic. She already know that. Nothing new. Because she's been validated. And, and again, I'm, I'm using the, the analogy of the guy with the girl, but the same thing with the with the with the girl with the with the guy. I'm telling you, you know, brothers, hey, girls love to stroke brothers' egos. I'll say that again. That's the flattery of the of the strange woman. She likes to stroke your ego. Here's a good thing they like the women say to these guys: "You so smart." Like they never met smart before. But you, you so smart. You're so intelligent. Man, you're the smartest guy I ever met. Oh, here's another one, you know, for, for some of you young adults, right? You're so mature. You, you're so mature for your age. You know, you're barely 25, 26. Oh, you're so mature for your age. That is flattery. And if parents hadn't already established these things validating their sons, they'll, they'll fall right into it. Yeah, I'm mature because I got a job. Let me back up. I'm mature because I graduated from college. 
graduated. Not just went and wasted my parents' money. I actually graduated from college, right? Got a job, got a place, got, got, got myself a, 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 you know, a vehicle to drive. And now because of that, I'm so mature. You mean because I'm responsible, that makes me mature? I mean, what other guys you mean? Oh, the other guys you mean with them little boys that are still at home with their parents? Oh, okay, I understand. Based on that, I see what you're talking about. But this is what my parents taught me. This is being responsible. I'm preparing, I'm preparing myself that I, I can be able to take care of a family. See, I, I've heard premarital counsel around the natural things that I need to have established before I even think about bringing in a wife. Don't try to run that line and tell me how mature I am. I'm just being responsible. I'm, I'm staying in line with the counsel that I've been given already. See, I'm not going to fall for that game. Flattery. Brothers, like their egos being stroked. See, like I said, it, it leads to imaginations. It leads to your lust. It appeals to you. It says again, to keep thee from the evil woman and the flattery of the tongue of the strange woman. I'm going to tell you, if a woman's always giving you compliments, brothers, brothers, you, you don't look that good. I'm telling you. You, you don't look that good. Because she's telling you that, and I'm going to tell you, she's telling somebody else that the same thing. All right, you understand that, you know, go look yourself in the mirror, you should know how you look. Don't, in other words, what I mean by that, don't let that influence you. Now, all of a sudden, you don't let down your guard. Now, all of a sudden, here we come. You start exposed. Say, really, I do look good? You know, you stand up straight. You know, you start shaving more, putting some more cologne on, you know, getting your hair cut. You know, all this, all this for this strange woman. Then I flattered you. Say, you know, you look good with short hair. Or, or here it comes, you know, get you some braids. You know, because that's in right now. Matthew, you get you some, you know, put put a little little dye on the top, you know, you know, make a little blonde cut, you know, that's in right now. Put some tips on it, I mean, all, and you all, you change. Also, your parents look at you and they're like, "What you doing? You don't show up at the house. You don't got red your hair going long. You got blonde tips on it, and you got your little earring rolling. Oh, you know, you don't got pretty." And your parents are like, "What?" And they hear your thing, but we ain't doing nothing. It was something happened. They've been with you all this time. You ain't even thought about your hair like that. And then your parents are like, well, what about school? What about education? What's going on with your job? See, the flattery of the tongue of the strange woman got you fantasizing. Influence you. You're changing. I hope you're getting this counsel. Because I'm telling you, these, the strange woman, and again, I, I keep saying this to the strange woman, it's not a gender, but they're out there. And they will come to you where you live. In other words, you will encounter the strange woman. Whether you're a guy or you are a, a female, you're going to encounter the strange woman. They're going to flattery. Because it, it's amazing how they do. They'll throw out words and see where it sticks. Like I said, with you that say you look good, if you may not, you blow it off, then they go right to the next guy and tell them how good they look. The same thing with the guys with the girl. They'll tell the girl how fine and beautiful she is, and you may blow it off, but they'll, they'll use that same line for the next. They're trying to find the one where it's going to stick. 
So that means you're going to get told these things. You're going to hear the flattery of the strange woman. And it's all to bring you in. To get your imaginations flowing. To entice you. To keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of the strange woman, lust not after her beauty. Where? In thine heart. Neither let her take thee with her eyelids. For by means of a whore's woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread. And the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. I mean, these scriptures, I mean, God is just so good about his illustrations, his analogies, right? And I love how he said, he says, verse 25, lust not after her beauty, where? In thy heart. You know, this is the thing about it, right? You can recognize somebody as beautiful, cute, but you lusting after her in your heart. What does that mean? I've lusted after it in my heart. You don't address this woman in your heart. And same thing with, with women with guys. You don't took this guy's clothes off. You, you, you recognize they look good, but all of a sudden you see them without the clothes. You see them, you see them, you see your body next to their bodies with no clothes on. See, that's the lust. Because it, it, don't, it don't invoke imaginations, it invoke uh, uh, fantasies. You seeing y'all hooking up. But it says, lust not after in your heart. And it said, neither take thee with her eyelids. It's amazing how you got to look deep in their eyes. It's amazing what they say. The eye right, is the center of your soul. You can see when someone's soul. I'm telling you, it's amazing how you're just looking into their eyes. And they're just blinking them at you, smiling at you, flirting with you with their eyes. And all of a sudden, it gets to the point where, you know, there's like Charlie Brown, they're just saying stuff. You ain't hear nothing they're saying. You just look in your mind. You're gone. It's like blah, 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 blah. Because all you're looking at is, oh, this woman is beautiful. Oh, this guy is gorgeous. It doesn't even matter what they're saying anymore. You're just vexated on them. You're caught up. You don't forget about all the counsel of the Lord, all the counsel of your parents. All you can think about is, you want this individual. And what I mean, you want this individual, you want to have sex with this individual. And next thing you know, you start being intimate. Intimate meaning you start sharing your very heart, exposing your heart to this individual. Your desires. And then verse 26 says, By, by, by the means of a whore's woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread. Now, that's an interesting analogy, piece of bread. When it talks about a piece of bread, it's talking about the crust of the side of a bread. And he's talking about like just a, you know, bread. We're talking about the crust. You know, part that you throw away. You know, some folks don't eat the crust on the bread. I know a lot of people now, they all part of, you know, bread is a bad, you know, that's a four-letter word nowadays, right? Bread, right? Too many carbs and all that. But, but bread still has its, its value. Right? So people... Don't even eat the crust part of the bread. That's what, that's what it says this, this strange woman will reduce you to. The part that they throw away. You'll be brought to that level. Understand that the intentions of a strange woman are not good for you. They, they don't mean you good. They're all about the hunt. And it says that, right? The adulteress will hunt for the precious life. It's a conquest. It's in order to take you down. 
And again, you think about it, and a lot of people think about, well, that's what men look at, you know, victory, the victory of, of sleeping with this woman, getting to a place where I have sex with her. But I'm going to tell you, there's, there's women on the hunt as well. It's the same kind of game they do as well. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, for some guys, you know, they may say, well, you know, it's hard to be able to, to uh, get to that place where, you know, where, where a girl will sleep with you. You know, that, that's some high school game. We're talking about now you are grown folks. You're adult. Every girl ain't going to make it hard for you. You didn't catch that, right? All the women are not making it hard for you. Some of the women are going to make it easy for you. But, but if you heard the counsel, the instruction of your parents within the ministry, you heard that. Anything that's worth anything is going to take time. It's not going to be easy. If that girl is easy, then she, the value is gone. I know that hurts some of y'all. I understand. Right? Don't, don't send me no letters or no emails. The value is gone. You want something that's valuable. And if it's easy, it's not valuable. It's lost its value. So don't think because she's easy, then all of a sudden now, you know, you got value. Because I always remember this. If she's easy for you, then she's easy for somebody else too. No, it's not like that. I'm going to make it harder for the next guy. No, you're going to make it easy for him too. And the next one, and the next one. Because it's a hunt. You know, the hunt, right? You know, it's, it's a sport. It's become, it becomes a sport. Again, sport, it's just a game. You know, I heard, I heard one sister mention, right, when we talk about the dating. She said dating is entertainment. Right? It's entertainment to them. It's a game. It's not reality. I'm going to tell you, they have no intentions at all of marrying you. Let me help you with that. They have no intentions of, of moving from the, the dating to the courting phase to the marriage. All they want to do is to have sex with you. To reduce you down to a piece of bread, the crumbs of it, the crust of it. Take all your strength. And again, if you've been here from the last few weeks, you, you, we've seen examples of that. We've seen the example of Samson. I reduced him down. Delilah got to a place where he was reduced. But he exposed his heart to her. But that's what, but Samson had an issue for a long time before Delilah even showed up. See, this is the counsel now to get you to place to recognize the horse woman, the strange woman. This is counsel. It says, for by means of a horse woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread, and the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. Think about this. What do you have to offer? What's the most valuable thing you have? It's your life. It's, it's your life. You know, you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You said, my life is no longer my own. It belongs to him. See, I don't know why as believers, you know, again, this conversation is for believers. You know, we're, we're talking to those. We, our, so our assumption is that you are born again, that you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Then how come when it comes to sex, you don't have that area of your life in submission to the Lord? You know, it's amazing. We can be saved and sanctified and holy, but when it comes to sex, oh, oh no. Then all our standards, all the standards of God goes out the door. 
but your life. Your life has been bought by a price. It doesn't belong to you. Ask the Lord should you go out and have sex before you get married. Because remember you, you, you remember, you said He is your Lord and your Savior. And we love to say He's our Savior. But if He's our Lord, He's our Master, ask Him. Ask the Master Jesus. Say, Master Jesus, me and this woman, we are in love with each other. I've been dating her. I'm heading to the courting phase. And I want to have sex with her. Master, can I have sex with her? And let the Lord Jesus answer you in your prayer time. Right? Let the Word of God be revealed to you. And I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to say no. No. He's going to say, what about me? I thought you said you loved me. There was a, a king in the Bible. His name was King Solomon. If you ever read about King Solomon, it's so interesting to me. You go back and look at King Solomon. You look at 1 Kings chapter 3. It makes a statement about King Solomon. It says, King Solomon, he said he loved God. 1 Kings chapter 3. He says he loves God. By the time we get to 1 Kings chapter 11, it says the same King Solomon loved many strange women. What happened between chapter 3 and chapter 11? It's called life. Life happened. See, we all can start saying, oh, I just love the Lord God. And then then all of a sudden life happens. Uh, The strange woman shows up. All the flattery comes. Because I'm going to tell you something. Solomon, I'm going to tell you right now, brother, ain't none of you brothers in love with Solomon. So the way he was arraigned, he... That's a whole level that can't nobody speak to. And he got plenty of flattery. There was, there was women came in out of the woodwork just to be with Solomon. They didn't mind being part of Solomon's harem. Solomon had over a, a, a thousand women. And women were still showing up to be part of that. I'll be a thousand and one. That, that's, how, that's how much that brother had it going on. You ain't even close to that. But life happened. That he went from loving God to loving strange women. And God told him. He loved God. God told Solomon. He said, Solomon, I warned you twice. Go read it. Go read 1 Kings chapter 11. God said, Solomon, I warned you twice about these strange women. They will turn your heart away from me. Why? Because you start hearing the flattery of these strange women, and again, they start touching you in your heart, and you forget about the Lord God in your heart. All of a sudden, that becomes your law. And in all that passage of Scripture, when I read about Solomon, I never hear Solomon saying a word. It's amazing. I hear the one, it's one side of the conversation. Is God telling Solomon where he's at, what he's done, and here's the consequences? And Solomon says, nothing. Why? Because you've been brought to a piece of bread. See, that's the devastation of illicit sex. All those plans. All those things that you have, you know, plans, I mean, towards the things of God. You don't forfeit it. It comes to an end. And now it picks up with someone else. Someone else has to finish what God had planned for you to finish. That's what illicit sex will do. 
So you may have been playing A, but all of a sudden God like, no, we, now it's time for plan B. For God's purpose. Again, not saying you won't go on, not saying that you won't live a life, not saying that, that, that you know, your life is, I'm going to hell. We're not talking about heaven or hell. We're not talking about your salvation. We're talking about the purpose for God for your life. There's some things that you now, all of a sudden, you put into motion. But God's plan goes on. And that's what I love about God. He will warn you. This is your warning stage. Because here's the thing I, I want you to see. This is so important that you need to understand. This whole message is not a message around condemnation. I'm going to tell you, there are many of you having sex outside of marriage that are believers. This message is not condemning you. This is a message of a restoring you. You need to be restored. Because there's an issue that's in your heart that you need to address so you can stop having sex outside of marriage. And line yourself up with God's standard. That is a restoration process. Because you already opened up appetites that you shouldn't have opened. So now you need to be restored. This is a message of restoration. And I'm going to tell you, as the weeks go on, you will hear the restoration process. Because I'm going to take you to a passage of scriptures that's going to show you how you can be restored. Because you've already engaged in it. What he said, the cat's out of the bag. You've already opened up that appetite. That means the strange woman has already, already been talking to you. You've already in line with her. But it's time now God is saying it is time for you to be restored. You need to stop your sexual activities outside of marriage. Well, brother, I just love women. But do you love God? Are you lovers of pleasure than, than more than lovers of God? See, you know, that's what I love about God. You know, God's going to put in your hands to choose. God said, I set before you life. I set before you death. He says, choose life so that you may live. But it's going to be your choice. And I'm going to tell you, that's the thing about the strange woman. The strange woman is going to make you choose. The strange woman will make you choose between do you love me or do you love God? And if God is not in your heart, you will choose a strange woman every single time. But God's like, we're going to restore you. We're going to make sure that God is in your heart. And how, to, how, to, how can get make sure God is in my heart? It starts with your in- intimacy with Him. See, I need to be, see, the question is, who do I need to be intimate with? You need to be intimate with God. That means I need to share with God my hurts, my pains, my desires, my issues. I need to share with God what's hurting me. I need to have that conversation with Him. But God knows it all. He does, but He wants you to know that He knows, so you need to talk to Him about it. Go to God and talk to God about your hurts, your pains, your desires. That's who I need to be intimate with. It's God. See, again, intimacy is not wrong. God expects you to be intimate with Him. God is waiting for you to open up to Him about you, even though He knows. But you need to tell Him. The Lord's God says, 
You need to love the Lord God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul. You got to love God with all your heart. If I love God with all my heart, that means I am sharing, being intimate with God at all times. See, we're still talking about premarital class because I'm telling you something. If you're not intimate in God while before you get married, when you get married, it won't, it won't change. In other words, you can't say, well, now all I need God, just give me what I want. And then I'll be intimate with you. God, like, no, you're intimate with me now. Marriage does not change your intimacy with God. Now you're in a marriage covenant. Okay, now I'm intimate with my wife. And you should be intimate with your wife. You should share things with your wife. But God still expects you to be intimate with Him. Because I'm going to tell you something. Marriage, it's going to come to an end one day. But my relationship with God never ends. It goes beyond this lifetime. And God's waiting for you to come to him to be intimate. Tell him the things that you have done. Confess to him your issues. Expose your heart to God and ask him for mercy. To cleanse you. To make you whole. God is a faithful God. Again, I, I admonish you to continue to tune in because there's many, many things going to be said around this topic. But again, understand this is a message for restoration. I'm not here condemning you. It is what it is. But it's time for you to be restored. Amen? This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.